0: Live. Live from. New York.
1: Welcome to New York.
0: This is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. Wait for
1: the win. Got it! Oh! He broke his ankle
0: Follow me. Follow me for Here's your host, Mike Phillips. Mike
2: Phillips.
1: What's so everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast. for New York Sports Talk and Long Suffering Fam. Your host, Mike Phillips. I got a good show for you this week. We are going to hit the links for the first time this year. We're going to preview the PGA Championship coming up this week. We'll be joined by our PGA Tour uh, professional, Dan DiMarti. We're going to break down the PGA Championship, the course, the favorites, all that fun stuff with Dan just a bit. We're also going to continue our annual tradition with Pete Considore. We're going to talk about Season 4 of Holy Moly, subtitled Holy Moly Forever. So... Your break all down with Pete, the new holes, what the Muppets bring to the show, all that fun stuff as well. Before we get started here on the, on the Just and the Suffering podcast, if you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just and the Suffering, your favorite podcast platform for episodes there. Feel free to leave your feedback and starring as well. it help make the podcast even better going forward. Check out the YouTube page, Mike Phillips on YouTube, for video versions of all the conversation in this week's episode. Again, Mike Phillips on YouTube. Without further ado, let's get to our opening tip. We're going to be joined by Nick Freyetta to take down the NFL schedule right after this. Three, two, one. Y'all ready for this?
0: The opening tip. And here
3: we go.
1: Alright, we are back here talking about the NFL schedule release on the opening tip of the podcast. Join me today to break it all down. This is the third year in a row we've done this. Also, one of my co-hosts over at the Sky Guys podcast, Nick Fred is here. Nick, how are you?
3: Doing well. Thanks for having me on the Just Done the Suffering. It's been a while. Um, Very excited about the schedule. I you know, I think I'm a Giants fan. I think they're a very favorable schedule, so we'll get into that, and it's a very exciting time to be a football fan. when this gets released. I don't know why they don't just have a show about it. And I didn't know they do, but I don't know why they leaked the whole thing beforehand. It seems really weird. I don't know whether it's due to the show as the unveiling, but I'm sure you have an opinion on that as well.
1: Yeah. For me, I've said this year in and year out. If you're going to do a show, and I get that they're trying to build some hype, like with the strategic leagues, but they said, oh, okay. All the networks announced one game this week that you're excited about. You're going to have – we'll give you the international games advance, give you the first Thursday night game at the draft. But, like, do we really need a schedule show in, like, about two hours before draft? Everything's been leaked pretty much?
3: Yeah, not at all. I would like it if nothing was leaked at all. Literally the entire schedule was unveiled, yeah. like, at the show. Literally everything. That would be
1: really cool. It would be, but then again, you have all these guys, the teens, are like, have their connections, with the reporters. Like, ah, I have this information. Like I got power, give it to you that way you can be the one who has the story and I'm giving it to you. Yeah. So like, a lot of that. And is- it's
3: also like easy to figure out because it's like process of elimination Like, you know, every, you know, your opponent when yeah. your season ends for the next year, then it's like, well, if you're playing all these teams and the only team left is week 12, you know who you're playing. And then if the giants play, the Titans week one, it means the Titans are playing the giants week one and it goes back and forth. And then you can just figure out everything.
1: Yeah. I think there's one thing that the NFL just doesn't care about enough. They're like, we'll just have the announcers on during the show and talk about games. They're looking forward to, and people are going to watch anyways. I don't think they really care about sealing up any of the leaks.
3: Yeah. It seems silly though. Cause it seems like there's a few things. This is one of them where you can just get easy, easy audience. I feel like this, and then I know they do it or at least try to, but like an award show for MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, like a show to give the MVP and all that, like maybe after the regular season before the playoff starts, it would just, people would watch it. People would love to see it. I don't know why they don't just do that.
1: To be fair, they did like seal the leaks of the NFL Honors Year. I don't think I saw any of the leaks of the awards come out the day bef- like the hour before they actually came out the show. I think that's progress for them.
3: Yeah, the NBA, though, they just, like, announce it as they're going. Just randomly, you check your, your phone on a random Tuesday, and it says, Jokic is the MVP. Like, oh, <laughs> this is what I'm finding <laughs> out.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a problem. I do think that, like, maybe you tie in with the lotteries You have, like, a special where you give the first pickout. Maybe you do that. Yeah, which is coming up, too. Lotteries, I believe, Tuesday. Yeah, so it'll be out the day after this episode drops.
3: So when this episode drops... I'm oh, sorry, just on Monday? Yeah, just on
1: Monday the 16th.
3: Ah, okay. So we won't know who has the number one pick when you're hearing this. Well, or You might if you're if you're listening to it a day late too late.
1: Yeah, I'm going to actually break some news for you about the uh, NBA lottery here. The Knicks will not get the top pick. You can put that in the bank.
3: I don't think so either. What is their probability anyway?
1: They get it's something like 9% or, or two- oh, here it is. I have it in front of me. It, oh, no. just, they only have a one point eight percent chance. I, I, think, I think they have like a nine. I think like a ninety. I think they have a good, better chance of dropping back if they do of getting the first pick.
3: They have the eleventh odds. I think
1: if you add up all their odds, it's about a nine percent pick to get nine percent to get into the top four. That's what I was thinking of. nine percent top four. It's like, yeah, and knowing that they'll pick twelve because somebody behind them will jump for some stupid reason.
3: Yeah, I like the lottery. Good. It's a good. It's a good system.
1: Yeah. Let's get into some of this general thoughts on the NFL schedule here. So we got into, obviously, a bit of the release uh, timing thing. Did you like what they did where they gave you a little bit of a tease? Oh, here's ABC's top game, maybe the the stuff like that. Do you like that? No. I just want it all at once in one show,
3: and I think people would actually. Like the NFL draft, obviously nothing's leaked beforehand. It can't be because it's live. Yeah, People watch it because it's exciting. I think if you made this the same way, people would watch it. Yeah. You know not like say, you know, it was yesterday, I guess. It should have been. So let's just say Thursday the twelfth at eight o'clock. I don't know, one game at seven fifty nine, and it's maybe an hour or two hour show, and you get the whole schedule by the end of it. People would watch it. People would get together and watch it. It'd be an event like the draft is.
1: Yeah. You could even do it over multiple nights. You could just say, okay, here's weeks one to four on Monday. Here's weeks five to eight on Tuesday. So i build it up. You could. Yeah, but they don't see that, or they don't care enough about that. That's the way I see it.
3: Yeah. I, I just, it seems weird, though. Like, why wouldn't you want people to, you know what I mean? Why wouldn't yeah. you want people to. Tune in. Watch. Yeah, tune in to give you money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Watching. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I think the other thing, big news of the NFL, obviously, is like right around the schedule, release yesterday, they had the report that, like, Tom Brady's going to, be the number one game analyst at Fox when he retires getting 10 years, $375 million to me. Like that's just absurd when you it's consider like how much money these topping an, out analysts get paid. That's yeah, an absurd amount of money, but
3: I mean, I don't think ESPN or Fox or CBS would offer it if it wasn't worth it for them. So if they're making that money from somebody, then pay them that money. I mean, it sounds crazy when you, You work in an office There's always that guy who sits in the office who goes, I can't believe these guys make 30 million to play baseball and they want more. Well, I don't think that guy realizes is that guy like Mike Trout brings in a lot more than $30 million into the angels organization and baseball as a whole. So yeah, he is worth that money. Yeah. My question, if you're bringing bringing in that money, then you're worth that money.
1: My question though, is more like, I get it. Like if he's playing, like he's worth that much money, but like, would you say like arguably i mean the the, the game's the prog you put like a competent announcer on there like at, are you getting that much less ratings than having joe buck or Troy and call the game for instance
3: that i don't know i don't if think tom brady out- brings in let's call it 37 million per year because it's roughly what it is if he brings in 40
1: million dollars a year more than they would have then absolutely if he doesn't then no I think it's just, like, a sunk cost thing. I think they feel like they have to have, like, the top talent on there. I just feel like, you know, like there are plenty of, like, interesting people who could call it. And as long as you're not a butcher, I think you're still going to get people tuning. I think the biggest you have is you have people complaining about the booth like they did for Monday night for all these years.
3: Well, yeah, Monday night's booth has been horrendous. I mean, nothing against, like, Mike Tirico, but he's when Mike Tirico is your best announcer, I think it's a problem.
1: Well, Mike Tirico is going to be the NBC uh, lead announcer.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's okay. Don't get me wrong. He's not bad. He's really, he's okay. But
2: like, when you have,
1: what's the guy's name from Mike and Mike? Yeah, we, yeah. I know I know Steve Levy like, was the Monday night guy for the last couple of years.
3: Yeah, Steve Levy does it. That's ridiculous. Like, you know, and nothing against Steve Levy, but like, that's to me is crazy. Like, you know, when you're watching like a big football game and it's Al Michaels or when you're watching or it's Troy Aikman and Joe Buck or if it's like, or if it's um Nance yeah. or even Kevin Harlan or something, like, yeah. you know, you, you know, it's a big game when you hear. Steve Levy. It honestly feels like I'm watching women's college basketball.
1: Yeah, well, that that's not a problem anymore. All four of them seem to have big ones, including Amazon. Now has Al Michaels, and they have Kirk Hurtry with him. So that'll be fun when we get to that package. Talk about that.
3: That's gonna be weird because I I've never heard him do NFL.
1: I know he did one of the games the end of last year. The ESPN usually trots him out when they have the double header. They have to do one of the other games. Interesting. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead now. Let's go down to some of these schedules here. You want to start with the Giants or the Jets?
3: Um, uh, you, you choose, you know what, you know what, you know what? Answer me this. Yes. Is the giants heads or tails? The giants is tails. All right. Then the jets are first.
1: Okay. So we're going to go to the New York Jets schedule first here. And I'm going to go ahead here. I also I'll plug on the blog. I think I did predictions for both team schedules uh, six months in, five months in advance. See how this goes. So we'll start out here though with the jets. So, Obviously, they open at home. They have the Ravens in week one. They play the whole AFC North the first month of the season. They have they go through at Cleveland. That's the, weird. Yeah. That's they, really weird. Yeah, they're going with the AFC North for a month. Then they get the Dolphins, Packers, Broncos, tough trip. New England and Buffalo at home for their bye in week 10. At New England, week 11. The back end of schedule is very soft, though. The Bears, week 12. At the Vikings, week 13. At the Bills, week 14 is not easy. Then they have Detroit home, their one primetime game Thursday night against Jacksonville the Thursday before Christmas. Then they have a true, true trading trip to Seattle, Miami, end of the season. So, what do you think about what the Jets have here, here set up?
3: Yeah, I think that before the bye, it's tough. And after the bye, it's kind of easy.
1: Yep. But this is a big, just a big
3: season for the Jets in general. Like, you don't know if you have the quarterback right now. And if you do, and it shows this year you're probably going to be pretty good, like an average team. And if it doesn't, if he's not good, you're going to implode again and you're going to start over. Yeah. I think what, So it, it sucks for them if that happens, but you've got to
1: hope it doesn't. Yeah, I think there's also, like, I mean, it does look daunting on paper. You look at a couple of things here, I think, in my opinion. is like the fact you have the Browns in week two when you might have possibly if the Sean Watson being suspended to start the season, that could be a win for the Jets if you, if you end up playing Jacoby Persez, the quarterback.
3: Yeah. That's true, and then you know you those we, we, last three or last four games are like Lions, Jacksonville, and the now Seattle without without Wilson. Is both teams are barely NFL caliber.
1: Yeah, the thing with the Jets, I think there's a couple of like swing points in their schedule here. I think if they, I have them hitting the bye at four and five in my projection. I think if they can do that, they're in position to make a run the second half. Four and five. Who is the
3: four?
1: You have the Browns in there. You got the Dolphins. I had the Browns, the Dolphin home game at the Steelers. Again, looking at the – you're starting either Mason – you're starting either like uh, Mitch Trubisky or a rookie in his fourth right? game and of the season. And who's
3: that fourth? Just someone England, randomly pulling
1: out? New England at home. So
3: you get – I so I, I could I could see it. I think they probably end up with three. But if you end up with four, I think you have at least three wins in the back half easy. So I think the Jets should feel very comfortable to have at least six wins this season. And If they don't, I consider it a massive disappointment.
1: Yeah, I feel like the total is going to bump up. It's been five and a half for the Jets. for all. It's going to be going up at least a six and a half now.
3: I would take the over on the five and a half. And I think if they get anything less than that, it's a massive disappointment. And it's time to start over again.
1: If they get less than that, you're looking for a new quarterback and the entire yeah. regime's getting wiped out.
3: Yeah, I think six is the number that they should have, and I'd be I'd be happy if I mean, they get seven as a Jets fan.
1: Yeah, I think I had them based on the sequencing here and I'm not forgetting the assumption of a Watson suspension in week two that they're playing uh Brissett. I said nine and eight for the Jets. And they missed the playoffs.
3: And it depends. And uh, you know, we we spoke about it, but it depends. If Wilson is all that's advertised and what we think he can be, that's not out of the question at all. Yeah. If he isn't, five wins isn't is out of the question.
1: Yeah, and if he isn't, they're gonna be looking for a quarterback next year.
3: That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's switch focus gears from into to your team, the New York Football Giants, who I also want to mention here that did you also see in terms of general notes, did you notice that they have given 13 different teams uh five primetime games this year? I
3: did not. I mean the Giants only have one, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, the Giants and Jets both have Well, one. I guess
3: two. Does the Green Bay game count? No. Doesn't count? No, it does not count. Well it's an inter-
1: international game.
3: Well, I guess it's not prime time, but it is nationally televised, right?
1: Yeah, well I mean they have three national televised if you look at that you have that Thanksgiving and, and the Monday night game they have. Yeah. Alright, so the th- 13 teens in prime time shows that they're spreading the wealth, which is a good sign for the league because they have that many teams that they consider interesting.
3: Yeah. I saw the the Lions got zero. None. None. Which, <laughs> yep. that, that's good. I mean, that makes sense. Like no one I'm surprised Jacksonville did, and the Jets. Honestly, I was surprised the Jets. No, the Jets could have, you put the right opponent there, but I'm surprised Jacksonville did. I guess it's the star power, yeah. or the assumption of star power between the two number one picks they've had.
1: Well, it's also burying the game right before Christmas, too, where they say, you know, let's we'll get their prime time appearance out of the way. They have to play a Thursday after yeah. a short week, so we'll just put it on there and people are Christmas shopping. I mean, if you don't lose the R, it's not a big deal. Right. All right. Let's now go to the Giants. I think it is interesting in terms of how you sequence it, because... I mean, they start off on the road against Tennessee. They get three in a row at home after that. They get Carolina, Monday night against the Cowboys, then they host the Bears. They go to London. They don't take the bye after the Packer game. They have the Ravens at home. They go to Jacksonville and Seattle, have a bye, come back Houston, Detroit. They, hope, they go to Dallas on Thanksgiving, something Nick I called before this. I talked to you this. You did? Yep.
3: You did. You told me that, and then it made perfect sense. Basically, they haven't done that for so long because people are watching that giant Cowboy game regardless because they're good teams. The Giants have been so bad for so long that it's not a game people are really interested in anymore. Put it on Thanksgiving, you get, your, you get yourself some ratings.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's their first time since 1992 that those teens, two teams have played on Thanksgiving.
3: Yeah, and I, I've thought about that too in, in my lifetime. I was born in '92, so I've never seen. I guess I have technically seen it when I was less than a year old, but I've always wondered like, why do the Giants ever play Thanksgiving? Why? Because you know, like. It seems like Aaron Rodgers is playing on Thanksgiving versus the Lions every year or the Vikings or the whoever. And, and then Dallas is playing against like Red, like Washington or whoever. And I'm like, well, how come the Giants are never there? And that answers your question. They did play one year on Thanksgiving, though, not versus Dallas, to play against uh, Denver.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that game in 92 was, was a 30-3 loss. So we'll see if they do better here this time around. And then they have basically <clears throat> four of – they have like five of their six division games at Thanksgiving later. They have Washington for the first time. The Eagles look after that. Then they go to Washington. They go to Minnesota. They host the Colts, and they end at the Eagles. So I think for me, the interesting thing here is that, like, 12 if, to 15
3: is the whole season.
1: Yeah, because the way you look at it here is, like, and the way I looked at it when I went through game by game here is that, like, they, you would not be surprised they're, like, hovering around 500 by the time they get to Thanksgiving because they play a lot of bad teams early.
3: Mike, when was the last time, and I, I don't expect you to know this, I would assume I I think I know the answer, but I, I can look it up to confirm, but when do you think the last time the New York
1: Giants won four games in a row? I got to say, this is probably going back maybe like 2008. I, would, I was going to guess 2016. That's possible. Yeah, true. they did.
3: In 2016, they had won five in a row at one point, or actually six in a row at one point, but they have here Jacksonville, Seattle, bye week, Houston, Detroit. Whether or not they win all four of them, remains to be
1: seen, but I think they'll be favored in all four of those games. I don't think they'll be, I they're the two home game. I don't think they'll be favored in both road games. I think I think Seattle be favored over them at home.
3: I I think Seattle's going to win like two games.
1: Yeah. The, the key is here. I mean, also you look at it early. I mean, the Panthers are not good. That's their home opener. They have the Bears. The Bears, really...
3: the Bears, the, the Jacksonville, Seattle, it's, Houston, it, 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 and Detroit are six of their first 10 that are very winnable games. Now, here's what I always say, though. Yes, they're winnable games, but don't you, this is, you, know, you know, for the audience who doesn't know, based on the name of this podcast, Justin the Suffering, it's it's mostly a New York-based podcast in terms of sports. So I am a Giants fan. Mike is a Jets fan, as you know. Don't you think every Seahawks fan in Seattle is looking at that schedule and going, oh, week
1: eight, Giants at home. That's a win. Yeah, they're probably saying anything about the Jets. Like, oh, week 17, the Jets at home. That's a win.
3: Yeah, so we sit here and just go, "Oh, Seattle, we can win that." But they're thinking the same thing. And to be honest, if you look at the Giants recently, they're they've been right more often than they've been wrong.
1: Yeah, I also think it's interesting that basically the Giants goes the opposite of the Jets, where like the Giants have the easy games front load and the back to schedule much harder.
3: Yeah, and the, the good news is though, you're right; it is backloaded and harder. But division, as you know, division games are just you never know; they're toss ups, and the fact that they have five division games in their last seven games you never know like you just go three and two in those games and that's not out of the question or even two and three if you start like six and four and you end like like and then you're like two and three in those division games that's eight wins
1: yeah i'll, I'll tell you what i projected as i had them basically getting to week 13 beating washington being at six and six and they lose their last five it was six eleven
3: And I wouldn't be that terrible. I mean, it sounds awful to say, but six and eleven is a pretty big improvement in how bad they have been.
1: Yeah, which is what, which probably the worst case scenario for the Giants, where it's like you you get your fans hooked and think, oh, like we have a good coaching staff, we're surprising. Daniel Jones is playing well, and then like you 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 buy on you don't meet the plus, and you're not probably in position to get the quarterback without having to trade up for one.
3: Yeah, I think the Giants are in a position a little similar to the Jets, but more so last year, as it's like. The Jets are in that scenario right now is do we have the quarterback? We're not really sure yet. And if we don't, we'll move on. If we do, great. And the Giants are in that same situation, but with the Giants, it's more like we're like 95% sure we don't have the quarterback. But he's under contract for another years and no one's gonna take him, so we might as well just play it out and hope he ends up being good.
1: Yeah, I think your key if you're a Giant fan, you want to have a season here. I think you have to go like at least three and one in that Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston, Detroit stretch that Nick highlighted.
3: I think that the big problem, the, the, the not the problem, but the, the goal here with the Giants and it sounds terrible is either be good or be terrible. Don't don't do what I said. Don't do don't do six and eleven. Don't don't go six and eleven. And then are we sure Daniel Jones looked pretty good? Should we give him another chance and then just hover around six wins forever? I feel like if you're gonna be good, be good. If you're gonna be bad. Be bad. Like it's
1: okay. Yeah, it is okay. Now let's let's go around some of the more marquee packages here. So you want to do holidays or you want to do primetime first? Let's do um let's do some holidays. All right, so we will start on Thanksgiving, so we just mentioned one of those games here. So the early game on Thanksgiving is Bills Lions in Detroit at twelve thirty. This four thirty game, Giants, Cowboys, and the Night game. I have no idea what. The NFL was smoking here. Patriots Vikings is not appealing at all to be the nightcap on, on Thanksgiving.
3: It's not. I don't really understand it at all.
1: Um, we're Looking at a team,
3: which is the Vikings. At, I mean, I guess they technically came in second last year, right? Yeah. But is that they're probably
1: one of the. Not as good. I mean, they're an average team, right? Yeah. I So they're about an average team might be contention for a wild card in the NFC.
3: Do you think it's safe to say I, I like to pick this team every year? Maybe I think last year it was the Vikings, but I want to see your opinion where the Vikings were that team. If you're better than them, you're good. If you're worse than them, you're bad. Yeah. So them, and in my opinion, I don't think New England is really special. I, they didn't make that that trade though. So I am interested to see them more this year than I was. I think that was a good trade for them to get uh, Devontae Parker.
1: I think the thing is I feel like the Patriots, I feel like they're going to be like, I don't think they're, as good as they were, as their record indicated they were last year.
3: I don't think so either. I, I am on the record as not being a firm believer in Mac Jones.
1: But we'll see. Yeah, and they're one of those 13 teams that got five primetime games. So you're seeing a lot of Mac Jones.
3: Yeah, I'm not not a huge fan of his. But at the same time, I guess you just, let's, let's take a look. I don't know if you can do it this way, but. This is week 12, yeah. Thanksgiving. So, in my mind, you pick two average teams and pin them up against each other in a game that's probably going to be, uh, although not exciting because I don't really care, but a good game. Yeah. So, what were the other options that week that you could have picked? So, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. yeah. I don't, you can't, you can't get any game you want, though, right? Like that, that Rams Chiefs game, you can't take that.
1: No, it's a matter of like you're trying to satisfy all the parties as, as best you can. So when you look at the the
3: schedule, there, the only other game that I could see that doesn't look like it's a, and you could be wrong. It doesn't look like it's a game though, that like I, I, you knew the rules better than I do. Like I, I, obviously you can't take the Monday night game. You can't take the Sunday night game. You can't take the, I mean,
1: they could, they could just put,
3: put them there and put something else on those other slots if they wanted. But, but they the, the game to. that looks like it's not in a big spot that could have been taken is that she is the Bengals game. Yeah. Bengals Titans. Yeah. But like, it looks to me like when you look at the schedule and you look at that, that Rams Chiefs game, that's your that's your Tony Romo game, or or your uh, that's your the, Aikman game.
1: That's that's the, I guess not the Kevin Burkhardt Greg Olson game.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, you know you're not taking a huge game away from a network and like
1: he's got to satisfy everybody. They gave them the Packers Eagles Sunday which is solid. The Steelers Colts Monday night this is the ratings probably the ratings draw with the Steelers being there. I mean, I think they also they missed figuring you know New England's a better name brand than either of these teams, so we'll get Patriot fans to tune in on Thanksgiving night.
3: Yeah, it'd be a cool little tradition if they did something like how we, week Ones always has always has the um, Super Bowl winner. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of cool if they did like a Super Bowl loser always hosts a game Thanksgiving night or something like that. That'd be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I think also part of the issue with that is you have to consider like, oh, like, does the team actually want to host to have make their workers come in for, run the stadium on Thanksgiving?
3: No, they probably don't. And what, what would happen if Dallas loses the Super Bowl? How do yeah. they do that? Because they have to play that four thirty game every day.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think also with this one, it's just a matter of, you know, like those first two games, who cares? People are going to be having them on away the because tradition, so we don't need to worry about the best match. If they did that for a few years. They moved away from that, I think, recently.
3: Yeah, and you know what? All things considered, there's a few games that they could have picked that are better, but at least they picked two decent teams and pinned them against each other. It's not like we're going to be watching, like, Atlanta and Washington or something like that or – Denver steamrolling Carolina.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's go on to Chris's, which obviously Chris has long been the day of the NBA. So the NFL, you know, we got to put good teams on Christmas here. Get people to not watch the NBA game. So we have Packers Dolphins at one Broncos Rams, a heavyweight matchup at 430. And then we have Bucks Cardinals on the. Sunday night games it's actually a Sunday Christmas this year so i think they you could see the different strategy here between thanksgiving and christmas
3: yeah so i always thought i guess you can correct me if i'm wrong i thought the nba had like a you can't have games this day kind of thing with the nfl
1: no they never they never had that cuz like the nfl they just on- chose not to they chose not to the nfl said you know what like they cuz they had years we say like a game or two on christmas now they say you know, like we're going to go directly head to head with the nba
3: and they should i mean i
1: i mean well the nba
3: we in our area, you know, it doesn't do that well. I don't think just because of who plays here. Yeah, <laughs> we all we all know that thou they who should not be named. But I think the NBA does extremely well outside of this area. Yeah, but the NFL also does. So it, 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 you know, it's not like one of them is going to beat the other badly. Leave it. These three games, I I like all three of them. Yeah, starting at the night game, you have two. Like this is the, don't forget how good the Cardinals were at the beginning of last year. You got Tom Brady on Christmas night, and Tom Brady, and then the Broncos and Rand speaks for itself. Yeah, and that Packer Dolphins game, I always enjoy. So obviously, you put those two teams in front of each other. Who's the better team? I think it's clear the Packers are, right? Yeah. But you, you got, Whenever you have a game like that, but you have the worst team at home, I think it makes for a nice game.
1: Yeah. This is again. I feel like they sort of realize that, you know, like, if we want to go up against the NBA, they are going to have like the Lakers on somewhere, regardless of how good they are. They got to, to probably have like the Nets in there, the Warriors, and the they're
3: Lakers, to... the the Knicks, and Nets, and Celtics, and Warriors, and probably like, one other
1: team that's really good. Probably give us probably give us a
3: Miami, Phoenix, they, or it, Phoenix or Dallas or
1: Miami. Yeah, when you have all those like big teams in the NBA, you have to can't just throw Detroit like Bethel up there and hope people will watch.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job with these games. I mean, I'll take a look. Like, let's look at the week and see what they could have taken instead. I don't think you could do much better than this week. There's Cincinnati, New England. Not really better. There's Philly, Dallas, but I don't think you're allowed to touch that one. No, I think that's why it was probably the headliner Saturday. Yeah. that's one of the-, so, the only one in question here is the first one. Yeah. Maybe... Cincinnati, New England, but I think I'd rather have Packers-Dolphins, honestly. I got Aaron Rodgers. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'd rather have Aaron Even if Cincinnati, New England end up with better records than Green Bay and Miami do, I would rather have Aaron Rodgers on the TV. Now, one day, in a few years, maybe we'll be saying, I don't care how good they are, I'd rather have Joe Burrow on the screen, but yeah. not yet.
1: Not, not yet. I used, Also, people don't always know this, is that when... Christmas falls on a Sunday. The majority of the NFL games are played on Saturday. I always enjoy that when that happens, where you get like Christmas, you get an entire day of football, then you have three more the next day, two, three more the next day.
3: Yeah. I, I definitely like that too. I mean, I've talked to you about this countless times and I, I know it'll never happen. I tell you this all the time. And we always go back and forth. You say, well, it'll never happen. I go, I know it's not going to happen, but just hear me out is I hate Thursday football. I hate Sunday night football. I hate Saturday football. I hate, last year they had like Tuesday games because of COVID and stuff like that. I I despise it. Just give me all the games on Sunday and and then one game Monday night.
1: Yeah, that will never happen because it'll never
3: happen, but it would be so much more enjoyable to watch because I can just have all the games on, have the red zone run all day and then have that one primetime game that really sticks out because when you have five primetime games a week, which is not normal, usually they only have three but when you have five it takes the importance away and i don't care about monday night football anymore because i have thursday night i have sunday night sometimes they give me saturday nights too
1: yeah i gotta go that week because that week is gonna be wild with all the the games you'll be able to see like nationally because yeah
3: no that is that is true that is nice about it is that they're national for people like me and you you're probably paying for the NFL package anyway with red zone and all that. So we can pretty much watch the games. I know we can't watch every play, but we can pretty much watch every game, but this is different where you can literally watch every game, every play from those games.
1: Yeah. So here's that week in prime time. You start off here. You got Jaguars jets is the first prime time game of the week. That's like the Thursday night game. I don't have to worry about the jets on Christy, which is going to be nice for me. Maybe who knows? Maybe the jets will be in a position there with,
3: jacksonville is not very good we all know that but maybe we're there in a position where it's hey if we win this game we're going to be in the in the the third wild card spot you know like
1: so that could be it could be an interesting game to keep your eyes on because it could have some playoff implication on it for the jets yeah you have this one is national then on saturday you have an 815 game raiders at the steelers which seems odd to me they made this choice because usually like they don't schedule like primetime Christmas Eve games like outside of like the West Coast because usually they're like trying not to interfere with Christmas Eve dinner. So I'm surprised they put this game in Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, that is surprising. That is very surprising. I also really wish it was Philly's, uh, Philly and Dallas. That would
1: have been a lot of fun. It would have been, but this is NFL Networks. So I figured they're trying to get them. So again, that's surprising to me. These three Those are, are my all...
3: favorite games yeah. to watch, Philly and Dallas, because yeah. I watch those games and no matter what, someone loses yes and they show (laughs) that sideline and they're upset and it's just great to see
1: yeah these three are all national and you have chargers colts mondays now so you have six of the games this week are national
3: yeah yeah chargers are the most to me the most disappointing team of last season so hopefully they can turn it around
1: yeah and with the fox double header in there you're gonna have like if you're in new york now you get nine of the 16 games like start to finish here this week
3: yeah that is really something i mean Really, really, I can't believe that the Chargers, as good as they were, as good as Herbert is, they only went nine and eight and missed the playoffs. Yeah, that was the cra- well the crazy games of the year last year. Oh yeah, that last game of the season. Yep. Yeah.
1: All right, let's go. That again. was unbelievable. Let's go on to prime time. Let's start with Sunday Night Football here. So go to NBC NBC schedule here. They, it's not kind of the opener here, which is the Bills Rams game here, but yeah. which is which might be the best one. Might be the best one. I mean, you got. Tampa, the Cowboys, Southern ice. It's obviously that's, that was a great game last year in the opener. So I'm glad we got it back in there. How the hell did the bears get on week two? I don't know how the bears got on week two. And I don't understand. I guess it's because of
3: who they are, but that Steeler dolphin game of the snooze fest. Yeah.
1: I mean, bears, bears, Dol- bears, Packers in there. 49ers, Broncos, cheese, bucks are the highlights of the opening month here. You get a cowboy Eagle game there. So you can get, you watch the other end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Packers-Bills is going to be fun. I'm trying to look here some of the other highlights here. You got, like I said, playing AFC West. Colts-Cowboys, a little surprising pick. The Christmas game is pretty much locked in. And I think Patriots-Raiders is the only... I put. I think they put that one late in case they need to flex it out because I don't know if they trust New England. Yeah,
3: this is... Uh, I think they all look pretty good, honestly.
1: Yeah. There's really only a few here that I'm disappointed in. So when do the flexes begin? What area? I think according to the rule, I think it's like from weeks five to nine, you can flex one game out if it turns into a complete dog. Think like the Colts without Peyton Manning getting blown out sixty three nothing by the Saints. Like that, that kind of getting to pull out. I think after week ten, I think it's straight through, except for Christmas. Okay. Okay.
3: All right. And then I love how they do that last game. That is that that. There's always one game like last year. Yeah. We just talked about it. that yeah. that. uh that Raiders charger game there's going to be one game that it's the winners in the losers out. And it's just, it's so cool. They do the, the division opponents always play a week eight or week 18. Now week 17 in the past, that was a good idea. They had changed. What Maybe like what, like 10 years ago, they added that in where you have to play your division foe in the final week. That was a great change. But really when you look at this, is there
1: one game? Is there more than one game that you're like, ah, that doesn't look good. Well, the bear Packer game, like, why that's number one that's also a non-flexible non-flexi- flex spot so like you're stuck with this like regardless yeah
3: so let's see why is that the game and what else could we have done
1: well they gave the bears three prime time periods make no sense to me whatsoever
3: well i'm looking at the schedule and i'll be honest it really doesn't seem like a better option
1: that i think oh no, I- well,
3: definitely definitely there's a better option than that but there aren't many like cincinnati and dallas is one but that's probably the one that's locked up and that's and the other two games are Tennessee Buffalo's Monday night, so that's locked up. So of the remaining games I guess Arizona and
1: Vegas. My question is like in terms of like doing it though, it's like a team that didn't mention here is like I know that they were trying to avoid them given the Watson scenario here. Like I'm surprised the Brad's not gonna sign that game this year.
3: That's true. And now looking at this list again, unless I'm looking at it wrong, aren't you surprised that Arizona only got one and it's Christmas night? They may not trust the Cardinals fully. I, I don't trust them but to like you know to win a championship, to do good. But I definitely do trust the Cardinals to win 10 games. Yeah.
1: Well, that's something. Or should I, I? Yeah, I don't know. They're pretty solid overall, the schedule. Yeah, I think they all look pretty good. All right, so let's switch gears. Now we'll go to Monday Night Football. So in terms of the Monday Night schedule, which of note this year, we're going to have four of these games being simulcast on ABC. I think one's exclusive to ABC. So I'm going to share that list now and yeah i saw that they're doing a the double header on week two yes
3: they usually do that on week one
1: yeah they are the week two double header there is titans bills on espn then vikings eagles on abc is
3: there a reason they decided to do this week two that we that they've announced or we just don't really know
1: we do not really know i think it's part of the fall schedule kind of deal where i think they want to and now abc took dancing with the stars off of the off of their schedule and shifted to disney plus so i think they're using some of the money i like, to fill like those slots
3: interesting interesting yeah cuz but was- um one that jumps out to me not because of the game but there is a game on halloween night that's cool yeah brangles browns yeah that's cool that you got a halloween game and yeah. then um no no monday night there's no christmas or anything like that but you got that yeah, you got that halloween game and and overall honestly usually are not so much recently, and they've done a good job. But usually, Monday night sucks. Yeah, they did.
1: They did but, a, little, a little better this year. They've
3: done well. Yeah, I mean, look, even Week One, terrible game, but that's a great story.
1: Yeah, I I call that game as being a Monday night game. They're definitely going to have Russell going back to Seattle being a Monday night game. Yeah,
3: I mean. that's that's you know, I would I would imagine they will win that game by more than fourteen points. But the story, like the the the, the story is fantastic. And take a guess, take a guess right now. Without looking at anything, what is the lowest ticket price on Vivid Seats for that game? Probably in the
1: hundreds. $294. Yeah, as I say, because it's, like, it's the big like revenge game for them. I'm like going to say, why, why'd you wheel us, Russell? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there are five ABC games on here. So, And you notice they're probably the five, well, five, four of the five best games on the schedule in there. I mean, Giants-Cowboys is on the ABC simulcast, too. Then you look at here; they put Packers, Rams, and the ESPN, ABC hybrid, and the same for Bengals, Bills. So, the,
3: like, so when the, you do as, when you do the simulcast, is it literally the exact same broadcast, just on two channels? Yes. Okay. I will. And I was the saying, Viking ABC one though will be different because those games are going to interfere, so they can't have the same announcer for that.
1: No, I'm assuming that's where Buck and Aiken will be on the ABC one, and somebody else could do the ESPN game. That's just really. I, I would almost flip those games if you ask me, but. I also noticed another common theme here. You look at this, a lot of AFC West teams, because those teams are all very good. Yeah,
3: they have fun division this year.
1: Yeah, I think, again, this one, like, what's the big stinker here for you?
3: Of any of these?
1: Yes. (sighs) Washington and Philly, or maybe the Steelers and Colts. I mean, that's a divisional game, at least Washington and Philly.
3: I guess I'm going to go with Steelers, Colts then. For for me, right here, Bears, Patriots. Actually, oh yeah, you you have it out for the Bears, but I'm going to change my answer. It's, it's it's to me, it's Giants and Cowboys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: but I I understand that's you know Giants and Cowboys, but I, to me, it just seems like like you know the Giants still kind of suck.
1: Yeah. Well, it's the Cowboys. They'll get ratings for that game. It doesn't matter who they put on with the Cowboys. No, they're, they're getting ratings, but I'm thinking. What's the snooze fest? It says the Bears-Patriots because that game to me is completely uncompelling. Yeah,
3: it's interesting.
1: So what do they see in the Bears? That they're in the Chicago market and have a
3: story history. So let me ask you this. If you have it in front of you, if you don't have it, don't worry about it. What is the Bears over under this year?
1: Probably like five and a half. I would say six and a half.
3: Maybe they know something we don't. And it's time that we invest in the Bears over.
1: I'm not in touching the Bears over six and a half. Is their over under? I'm not in touching the Bears. I would take the under more than anything because they did nothing to help Justin Fields.
3: They did absolutely nothing. You're right, but something is fishy to me that they're getting all these prime time games. They have to be like the Steelers make sense because the Steelers haven't been bad. I feel like ever, and even they're not that bad. They just lost Ben, yeah. but the Bears haven't. Unusual amount of primetime games. Like, what if I told you that Bears have the same over/under as the Lions and the Jaguars do this year?
1: Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yet they have how many primetime games? You said five. They have three. Oh, okay. Three. Yeah, they have three. Those other teams have one each, and not zero in the case of the Lions. All right. Last but not least, here though, we're gonna go to. Thursday football on Prime. Nick, are you an Amazon Prime subscriber? Yes. Yeah. So you will you'll be able see these games here, and they they obviously try to hook up the new broadcast here with some interesting games. There are obviously the headliners like Chiefs Chargers is in there. You have a Ravens Bucks game is pretty good in there. Titans Packers fun. The Thursday of Thanksgiving is probably the Patriots there, but Bills Patriots on there is the one week after Thanksgiving. And I think that explains the Thanksgiving thing a little bit.
3: Yeah could. Um, I'll try to take. I'll try to take a best and a worst here. Well, we know what the worst is.
1: What do you think the worst is? Jets. Jaguars.
3: Oh, I thought you were going to say
1: Washington and Chicago. No, Jets. It has to be Jets. Jaguars. That game. Nobody outside of these two families is going to watch this game. Unless... Yeah,
3: no, that's 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 got to be the worst here. So the two I'm stuck between for the best is either the first one or Week Eight.
1: Ravens Bucks is very good for for a prime video game.
3: Yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna have to go with. I mean, the week two was pretty good too. That's that's you know I'm excited. Anything that's gonna happen in that division, I'm excited to see. Especially when those teams play each other, and they're all gonna be bloodbaths.
1: Yeah, I mean, they did a pretty good job of like spreading, like of like burying the dog teams for the most part. Like wa- the Bears with Washington makes sense a little bit. You know, like to give them the short week game and just sort of like. Put these two bad teams against each other and sort of spread them out. It's so not like five weeks in a row with like dud games against each other.
3: Yeah, what annoys me is, I mean, and this is there's no way around. This is how the schedule works. A game like week seven, in my mind, Arizona is a better team than than uh, New Orleans. Yeah, but Arizona's home, and that's just going to be annoying. Yeah, because they're clearly going to win. Like week nine, although the game's going to suck, there's a little bit of a chance that Houston might win because they're home.
1: Yeah,
3: you know. And if I'm gonna watch a primetime game between a good team and a bad team, I like it when the bad team is home because it at least gives them some sort of fighting chance. Otherwise, you do make a game like even like week four. Like Miami's not a bad team by any means. They're actually pretty they're pretty decent. They might be pretty good this year. But they gotta go to Cincy. Make that game in Miami. That's a that's a really, really, really appealing game.
1: Yes. So your idea here week 15 where San is a month 13 in Seattle with Seattle's home. Yes. As, yes. a, as a divisional game, so that's also adds some fuel. Yeah, a division
3: game at home, even though the game kind of sucks, at least Seattle's home in a division game gives them a fighting chance.
1: Also, uh, interesting note here, as realize this, looking at this, can you factor in the Thanksgiving thing? everything, but Dallas and Tennessee are playing on short weeks twice, basically. Interesting. I think they're both playing on the Saturday, Christmas Eve. I think it's five days instead of three in between the games, but like they are going to be short twice. That is interesting. And there you have it. That's the our breakdown of the NFL skills. So definitely a lot of fun, Nick. I want to thank you for taking the time to come on. I really appreciate it.
3: a lot of fun. It's good to, it, you know, football's coming around the corner. It's sneaking up on us. Draft already happened. Schedule's out. Next thing you know, we're going to be hearing about training camps and all that stuff. And it really sneaks up on you. Training camps, hard knocks,
1: the Lions, all that fun stuff.
3: Yeah, it really does. It really sneaks up on you. It really, really does.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Before I let you go, obviously – People can follow you on, on the Twitter street. How can they do that?
3: They can follow um at Nickfry underscore nine, I think. I honestly don't even use it. I think. I think that's what it is. Yep. That's what it is. But more importantly, on Instagram, follow the Sky Guys at Sky Guys Podcast. Putting up a lot of memes, getting ready for the Kenobi release. And obviously we'll have our episode reviews over there when when they uh
1: when they do drop. Yeah, and just to remind everybody that all you fans of the Sky Guys stuff, we have a separate podcast going on, but we have recorded the preview show. It's going to be out in this feed later this week, and we'll be some fun. We're going to be doing the episode recaps, and Nick, just like we did on this one, like the premiere and the preview will be day and date, same for both feeds, but if you want the episodes when they first drop, you got to be on the Sky Guys after that.
3: Yep, and if not, they'll be here, so you can listen here, but... A couple days later.
1: Really, you know, you want, a couple, you want that exclusive...
3: Elusive, uh, early access episode content, early access. Yeah, you got to do it on there. And it's, you know, we we have a good time there. And we did our character draft there. And, uh, I got to say, uh, I'm going to be completely honest. I, I don't know who's going to win, but I can tell you who's going to lose. And I think it's Pete. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a terrible team.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, peace will be on this podcast later on here. So, so he's talking, holy moly. So we'll talk to him about that. And I will see you on the Sky Guys podcast.
3: And I will see you there. Thanks, Mike. Scheffler outshines them all at Augusta.
1: All right, we are back here on the Just in the Suffering podcast talking golf for the first time this year, the PGA Championship coming up this week at Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Joining me on the line today, our golf correspondent who works for the PGA Tour, Dan D is here. Dan, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks
2: for having me, and I'm glad to be back.
1: Absolutely. Before we dive into all this, I want to put a disclaimer out here for the audience. Obviously, there is stuff going on right now with this whole Saudi Tour situation. Dan, obviously, works for the PGA, so... Legally cannot discuss what's going on there in case there is pending litigation. But if you want information about what's going on here, there are plenty of outlets that'll have coverage of that. But damn, I'm excited to see what's going on with the actual PGA here. So I I've been to Southern Hills about
2: like uh what is it now, sixteen years? Been quite some time and obviously everybody thinks about Tigers win in two thousand seven and but you know, Southern Hills is it's such you know, when you think about golf, um kind of at, at large and you think about the places that you get to play year round and Tulsa, Oklahoma doesn't really come to mind as like the first place when you're like, man, I can't wait to play golf. Right. So, you know, it, it's such a, it's such a special treat, you know, from a weather standpoint, from a course setup, um, to be able to see golf played in areas that are non-traditional. So you know, everybody thinks Florida, California with Pebble Beach, all those spots, and, and obviously there's some great spots in the Northeast, but whenever you have a major championship, um, it has to be a pretty special course if you're going to bring in the world's best uh, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and nothing against Oklahoma, but it's just, once again, you're, you're more likely to, to be thinking about college football than you are, you know, professional golf. So it's a pretty great spot. Obviously, it's played the PGA Championship there since way back, like 1970, I think, was the first the first one there and the course is exactly what you would think it's picturesque it's got it's it's made for the guys who can hit those dramatic um you know shots into greens with with you know a lot riding on the line it's gonna the course sets up in a specific way where it's gonna feel like the old classic ways of of major setups, but I believe it did get renovated, you know, not too long ago. And with the way guys are hitting nowadays, I mean, even a lot has changed even in those 15, 16 years since we've been there. The technology and the strength of these young players, I'm really, really curious to see, you know, how they're able to take such a a historic venue and modernize it for the length and power of today's big hitters. So really curious to see how they'll approach the, the course. Um, And obviously, there's some some great players out there right now that are all going to be gunning like big names that are starting to heat up this season, uh, and and right in time as they all chase the FedEx Cup.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm looking ahead here. Obviously, the big name of the moment now is Scottie Scheffler having a ridiculous season. He won the Masters, pretty much running away in in April here. So. We think Scotty Scheffler can build on his run there and make a make a run here and keep his dream alive of the calendar year Grand Slam.
2: Yeah, and and to be to be perfectly honest, I have a really hard time picking against Scotty Scheffler right now. He has found something in his game, and more so than just you know the way he's driving the ball off the tee, which is so consistent. And, you know, putting is the hardest thing to keep consistent. You know, we've seen guys that have incredible driving accuracy and length seasons, you know, pinpoint with their irons. But putting is the thing that on a week-to-week basis, you know, you can drive it great, but if you're not getting it in the hole, you know, it it doesn't matter. So, But putting on the PGA Tour is what really, really matters, And, and his putter has just been incredible. So he gives himself, most golfers, struggle to score it's because they're not getting home at in a maximum of two putts um but you know you've got to be able to make those 10 to 15 footers and it seems like all of them are going for him right now so can't pick against scotty scheffler uh and, and once again just what he's done this year even outside the masters has been just an incredible run and couldn't couldn't speak even more highly of, of Scotty Scheffler as a person and family, and I'm I'm very fortunate to have spent a lot of time with the Schefflers personally, and um, it is really cool to to see their family now take this next step as he becomes a genuine star in the game of golf.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you mentioned him before, but. Tiger was obviously won the pga the last time he was here he's only played one event this year so far he, he returned at the masters he actually made the cut played all four rounds he's he's in the final field here as of right now like I know we're not expecting him to win but like what would you say would be a successful weekend for tiger here
2: yeah you know really interesting i would i think I the last time I came on um i I think I said something like and, and and you know we can go back to the tape on this but I'm pretty sure I said tiger would it was unlikely that he was going to play, but if he did play, I saw him making the cut and then not really finishing particularly high. So I'm pretty sure I kind of won that one. If we go back to the old recording um, and he did exactly that, he, you know, he, he played through, he had some good moments. He had some bad moments. Tiger strikes me as somebody who said, okay, I just showed that I can still play with these guys. I'm going to grind it out. I bet he's been out practicing almost every single day. Um, I think that this course sets up very nicely for him. Uh, he obviously, you know, won it at a time when he was absolutely dominating golf, but but also had just come back from injury. So I'm I'm curious. Uh, I, I my my gut's telling me that he will be in the mix after the first two days, and I could see maybe a top. 25 finish for him i I just don't think right now he's played enough competitive rounds to win this thing uh but man wouldn't that be fun if it came down to like you know rory justin thomas scotty Scheffler, and tiger like that what a what a fun final grouping uh that would be if we had some big names there coming down the stretch lots of different styles lots of different momentum uh and experience. Uh, and, but those are some of the names to watch for sure. So I'm on the Tigers going to play well, but not win. Train.
1: Yeah, I me. Mean, I'm looking right now. I'm, I'm we're recording on May the 11th. I'm looking at CBS Sports line. Some of their odds right now. They have John Rahm as the favorite right now. Scheffler and Roy are right behind. So who would you say are some of these other top contenders here? Would you add, like add those guys? A couple other
2: ones. Yeah, why not Jordan Spieth? Um, you know, obviously people know the name jordan Speed, but people he has quietly had an excellent year and you know he's he's got that major pedigree as well uh, you know i i think that he's somebody who um maybe people are are overlooking a little bit right now uh which is you know uh, i i'm just why not jordan Speed? why not have him he has the game to do it if, as long as he can putt and be accurate off the tee um You know, his iron game is obviously elite. So I think it's been, you know, an excellent spot for him. I mean, if you look at just where where he at, where he's at on the season right now, he's, he's done an excellent job of giving himself a chance. He's obviously, you know, looking right now, I believe he's got, you know, he finished second at Pebble beach. He's got obviously the win with, with heritage. So He's had, quietly right now, I mean, people don't process because he hasn't been the marquee name. He's got four top 25 this year, a win in the second place. Um, He's 14th in the FedEx Cup standing, so, you know, why not? Jordan Spieth, let's go that route. Um, Some of the other names that I just genuinely like, regardless of, you know, they kind of fit into maybe the next segment a little bit more on the sleepers, but Joaquin Neiman, it feels like every time there's a major He's immediately at the top of the leaderboard. Now, whether he can hang in there or not, it's always a good question. But man, one of these times, you know, he goes four under, five under after day one. He's just one of those names that's always up there after the first and second round. So I think you got to, you know, keep an eye on him. Uh, another guy that, you know, everybody loves and, and you know, was rooting for last year at the Masters is Will Zalatoris. I still think that this course, um, if if he has the ability to put the ball in good spots off the tee, his irons are obviously just uh, just uh, amazing to watch, and his approach shots to the green. Um, putting hasn't been a hundred percent on at an elite level right now, but he's another guy that I really like. Matt Fitzpatrick has had an excellent year, uh, but somebody that's really surprising to me, you know, isn't higher right now is Sam Burns. Um, Sam Burns is once again not necessarily a marquee name uh, but he has a win this year as well I think that you know he's not known as one of the you know elite long drivers but um, you know I think people forget too I'm sorry he actually has two wins this year he won Sanderson's Farm in the wraparound season he won Sanderson Farms and Valspar which he was back to back champions on Um he finished second at Zurich Classic this year. He's got six top tens on the season, yet he's going out at, I think, what, plus 4,000, something like that. So he's pretty far down the list. Um, and yet, you know, he's second in the FedEx Cup right now and 10th and in the official world golf ranking. So, you know, if you were going to, if we're going to dive into the sleepers, I mean, Sam Burns is a name that you have to circle. So. That's a. Uh, those are some of the guys that I'd keep an eye on, and and obviously, Colin Morikawa has had a ton of uh, success at the PGA Championship, regardless of the venue. Um, you know, Kepka is obviously a name that if he's in the field and he's healthy, anytime that there's a PGA or a US Open, Russ Kepka is a guy too. So. You know, Rory, Rory's an interesting take on this one. Um, Rory's game is coming together right now, and I would put, I would put it on, on the line that Rory is going to win a tournament this year. Um, from this point forward, I don't know if it's this one. Um, I just think that with the way Scheffler is playing right now, it's Scheffler and Rahm versus everybody else. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah,
1: it definitely sounds like some fun. Obviously, one of the interesting things here, obviously, is like you always look for some sleepers. You kind of mentioned a couple already. Who are guys who don't give as much attention you feel like could make some noise here?
2: Yeah, you know, and I, we, you know, we touched on a couple of them, but, you know, definitely Daniel Berger as well. Um, you know, people obviously know how, you know, he played amazing all last season in the FedEx Cup. Um, he had, you know, multiple wins and, and has had just an absolute, um, fantastic young career and you know it's it's hard to call Morikawa or Justin Thomas a sleeper so I'll go a little bit further down the list in terms of purely just odds so some names that are really interesting uh that are kind of further down the list is uh Jason Day Jason Day is going out at 65 plus 6,500 um he obviously was leading not too recently uh Uh, sorry, he was leading recently. Um, You know, obviously has played some pretty good golf this season. Um, I would say Keegan Bradley. Uh, Keegan Bradley is, is, you know, kind of deep down the odds list. Um, They've got him at plus 8,000 right now. Uh, Keegan's been at the top of the leaderboard at least four or five times this year. And, he has been in the mix. Uh, I know it's kind of a funky. He was in the final grouping last week, um, and and there's just so much about his game that when he is on, he's he can really play. Uh, I I like Max Homa as well. Max Homa's going out at plus ten thousand, and yet he won last week beating out Keegan Bradley. So you know, there's a lot of interesting names that are. Pretty far down this list in terms of pure odds makers and um you know i i don't i really i'm kind of surprised by some of these um you you would think that that homa maybe because it's purely just because it's a a, a major um yeah i mean even guys like kevin kidner who play excellent i would just consider him a sleeper um harry higgs um, you, you can't look away from guys that historically have played well in majors before, as well like Lucas Glover. Um, so some of the some of the names, if I was purely just going to pick two sleepers based off of the odds list, I, I would definitely go with Max Homa and Keegan Bradley. Those would be my two sleepers.
1: All right, that's for that's gonna be fun for sure. Definitely have those written down here in terms of like best bets here. Like, like who gives you who strikes you on the list here based like, oh, this is like good value for like where they are, like they're maybe
2: being undervalued by the odds makers. Sure, so some of the better, uh, the good odds right there. Um, I mean, I, I look at Tony Finau now at plus 3,500. Um, Daniel Berger, who we touched on earlier, at 3,500. Xander Shoffley at plus 2,200. Cam Smith, why not, right? I mean, he just won basically the biggest tournament of the year at at, at the Players' Championship. So Cam Smith at plus 2,000. Some of the other names I like just based off of the course itself. Um, I like Siwoo Kim at plus 8,000. Uh, that's about where I would put it. But once again, I think they said that, uh, when there was, oh, what was it? So Phil was over the age of 50 when he won it last year, or right around 50. And somebody that is kind of an interesting name, I'm trying to see where he is down the list here. I don't even know if they've got him on here, but like keep an eye on, you know, some of the more veteran players that don't have to hit the ball as far, but they're a little bit older. Um, you know, I, I would keep an eye on like the Stewart sink of the world. I don't see where his odds are, but um, you know, he, he pops up every now and then Matt Coocher, same thing. Those kinds of players, um, Webb Simpson's not old, but he has definitely been around for a while and Webb Simpson's going at plus 4,000. So keep an eye on him too. Uh, everybody's, you know, fan favorite, Victor Hovland is at plus 2000. He's still such, obviously a hot or cold type player. He's very similar to Rory when he's on, he's unstoppable, but it takes a little bit of time for him to get going. So, you know, there's a lot of good names on here. I mean, man, even last year's FedEx cup winner, Patrick Cantlay at plus 1800. To be perfectly honest, there's, so many top players who have played extremely well. If you're going purely based off of the value pick, you know, I think you can get away with anybody that's in the plus 4,000 to plus 8,000 range, um, you know, and take a look at where they're at, where their game is at uh, and kind of go from there.
1: Absolutely. My last question here is obviously you like we always kind of put out a winner pick here. Like, are you going with Scheffler or is there somebody else who you feel like has a chance to upstage him here?
2: yeah it's it's really tough i there's there's a strong part of me here who that wants to take Scheffler um just because he's the safest pick and I think that this style of golf it really suits him um, apparently, there were some rumblings of him going out and playing around out there and he absolutely tore up the course so he is my pick but the guy that i and like, you know, if I was actually betting on this that I you know, I really think if he gets off to a good first round, uh, could be an interesting player down the stretch as well if, if and if he's hovering on Saturday and Sunday it's is Sam Burns.
1: Absolutely. Dan, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, how you follow social media to keep up with some of the stuff you're doing?
2: Yeah, um obviously there's um a lot of fun NFL conversations going on. My Grizzlies are falling apart a little bit here against the Warriors. Um, I I feel like it's so classic that that the Grizzlies finally get into the, you know, I guess we'll call them the conference semifinals here, and um, they have to go up against the Warriors. And and I'm not convinced that the Warriors are going to win the NBA finals, um, but, of course, they have to play some of their best basketball against us in the year uh, when they decide to be part of this you know, we hit you, you hit us. And it's like, it's taking away from the quality of the game to watch them. So I've been very active on Twitter with my opinions about this whole, you know, intentionally hurting one another to try to take a star out of the game. And and once again, it started with Draymond, you know, in game one, you know, slapping Brandon Clark in the face when he clearly wasn't going for the ball. And then you retaliate. So I, it's kind of, it's been frustrating. So if they want to join the conversation about, you know, NFL, i uh, sorry, NBA physicality. And I look, I'm, I'm old school. I love it when it's physical and not everybody's high fiving each other after the game. Um, but some of this is really taking away from the, from the, the fun of high scoring offenses and young talent. So, um, I'm at DMART two Oh seven on Twitter and, um, yeah, happy to, uh, Enjoy a great stretch of golf. Obviously, Byron Nelson, the Memorial Tournament, which is always beautiful to watch. Uh, um, you know, out at Muirfield Village, is coming up. And, and that kind of Midwest, um, Northeast, all those courses that it's just finally getting to the perfect time where the grass is super, super green and, um, you know, the weather is perfect up there. Uh, I'll be traveling to the Corn Ferry Tour event in Maine. And uh, in June, which is going to be an excellent venue as well. So it's just really cool to see some of these other courses because I feel like I've just been in sweltering Florida for, for months and months and uh, everybody else has been stuck inside. So it's an exciting time to watch some other kinds of golf from around the country. And I hope everybody can tune in. Absolutely, Dan. Thanks all the time. really appreciate it. Thank you. The
1: Two Minute Drill. All right. We are back here on the two minute drill. It's an annual tradition on the podcast. We are talking about the latest season of Holy Moly on ABC, the extreme mini golf show. paired nice at the PJ championship talk. We go from the serious to the silly. Joining me today are
0: the Rob with my Joe Pete here, Pete, how are you? That, that little, uh, correlation there is so off, right? <laughs> like you said, serious to silly. This is, this is so not like that, but hey, listen, uh, Holy moly's back. I'm excited. Uh, okay. New holes to get to um, funny as ever. So I'm definitely excited to talk to you today about it, Mike. Yeah, I remember when this came out, I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe they were on four seasons of this show. I know. I, I honestly can't, uh, you know, at first on Hulu, they didn't keep the seasons on Hulu. They would expire after the season that ended live. Um, I think Hulu just had maybe like a deal with CBS or is it CBS or a- ABC? Yeah. To just show the show, keep the season there, and then once the live's done, you don't keep it on there anymore. But now all the seasons are there, and it was season four. And I see the lineup. I'm like, wait a minute, we've been through four seasons already, and I always forget that holy moly. Um, this was pre COVID the first season, no? Yeah, so the first two were pre COVID film pre COVID. This was definitely started a while ago, and and uh it's in it's insane how we're already on season four, and it's insane to see how a lot of the first year's holes are pretty much gone. Yeah.
1: I mean, they basically like maybe like two they've kept the entire time. They sort of retwe- retweets a couple of them, but like most of them have been like completely revamped. And I think remember some of the early holes in that show where they were like doing things like, oh, like you have to duck logs like you're putting. And they figured out, I think, in season two, like, you know, what? like it's more fun when they have to putt, then do the obstacle, then putt again, as opposed to like trying to do both at the same time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that log one was interesting. Um, I didn't I hate it, but. I think the putting and then trying to do the obstacle is a little bit, I don't want to say funnier, but it works better. Yeah, You're, you're not, uh, at least the person can focus to see if they can get through the obstacle. Uh, it doesn't look as rushed or, um, frantic as it did.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just to initiate the audience here, if they're new to the podcast, well, first of all, welcome. We can, we do a lot of these kind of silly things all the time here. So Pete, give us the general like elevator pitch on what exactly this show is. People have never seen an episode.
0: So Holy Moly is pretty much a mixture of mini golf and wipeout. I don't know if anyone here, uh, Mike, I know you've seen the show. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty much just obstacles uh, with a bunch of foam things where people are not going to get hurt. Right. If they get hit by something that's swinging, it's foam. Uh, it's all in good fun, but it's extreme mini golf. Uh, Rob Riggle, Joe Testator are the, the main guys, the play by play and the color commentator of. Holy Moly and the first season they had a guest star. Um, golf pro Stephen Curry and Stephen Curry has been fully back behind this uh, fully backs it every season. He's either mentioned or in it um, this year, a, definitely a different turn, which I actually find pretty funny. And I think Steph Curry is a great sport for doing it. Um, but yeah, that's it's pretty much extreme mini golf. If you're looking for a lighthearted show, um, either you watch it live. I believe it's on Tuesday nights at nine o'clock. I could be wrong on that time. Uh, nine o'clock Eastern. Uh, Michael, correct me in a second, Um, but it's also on Hulu. So you can watch it when it comes out whenever Uh, the past three seasons are also on there, too. So if you want to watch the progression of Holy Moly, uh, that's cool, too. Um, But yeah, it's just a lighthearted, fun watching show. Doesn't really take a lot of time to really get into it or, or you don't have to like watch previous seasons to understand what's going on. It's not something you have to think really hard about. So definitely recommend it.
1: Yeah, I'll add a couple of things here. It's Tuesday at 8, not 9. Pete was close on the time. But in terms of, like, general format here, I think season 1 is sort of a little bit of an outlier where they had, like, I think 12 different people in there. And I think, like, it was just whatever. It just kind of made no sense how they did it. But now every episode, every season is basically like a long tournament where every episode there's eight people competing. Whoever wins the episode basically wins three holes and they get a spot in the grand finale, which is a chance to win $250,000. So... You, you don't have to jump in. You don't need to know anything from the first three seasons to jump in and watch it now. It'll have fun either way. But if you watch the, like, especially from two on, you get like backstory and in jokes and stuff. That is, it makes it a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, season one's a little bit different. It's an outlier. They had a champion every episode. And I think they won like 10 grand or something like that. It wasn't like anything. I don't want to say anything short of 10 grand Still a lot of money, but um, there would be a champion every single episode. Now they're doing it where if you win the episode, you get to go to the finals for a chance to be the champion, which I think is a lot better. It definitely creates storylines. Um, again, not serious storylines, right? But you can remember characters, uh, excuse me, contestants from the first or second episode coming back to to, to, to put in the finale. So yeah, season one is an outlier. I still say watch it because it's pretty much the birth of the show. And you can see them work out all like, you know, the the errors that they probably had within the first season and the second season and the third. So give it a give it a watch if you have Hulu.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think in terms of we've watched recording on Saturday after the second episode aired. So we've watched the first two. Like, what do you think about we gotten so far out of season four?
0: I think it's fantastic. I think that the storyline behind season four is really funny. Um don't know if you necessarily need the Muppets because that is something that is in there but it still adds to it. Um obviously there's some sort of network deal in with there with the Muppets and 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 holy moly uh maybe that's giving them a little bit more revenue maybe a little bit bigger budget because they're having the Muppets within. But I have to say I like the storyline. I love what they're doing with the Steph Curry st- storyline as well. Um and I also like the new holes a lot. I think that they are really starting to to Refine what they do with their holes instead of just kind of like I don't want to say throwing stuff together. But we see in the first two seasons there were just kind of holes that didn't make sense.
1: Yeah, I remember that. I'm sure you talk about like the hot dog hole, for example. It made no sense.
0: Yeah, and then they had they had a a similar hole that was pretty much the same exact thing, just a different theme. So the hot dog one, and they had like a log one that looked exactly the same, just different themes. And was just like, okay, you you look for the first season for never seeing the show before. You're like, oh, this is cool, like obstacle course mini golf, great, but. After seeing it all season, you're like, okay, that's the same hole, that's the same concept, that's this, that's that. There is, I don't want to say I have a gripe with one of the new holes, but I feel like one of the new holes is kind of like a copy of a probably still current hole. I don't know yet. We'll talk about it, but um, but yeah, that's exactly right. I'm talking about the hot dog hole.
1: Yeah, and I do think they've had, done a good job because the first two seasons were filmed prior to COVID, so they were able to bring in a bunch of celebrity guests. I remember infamously there was like a, like a diving hole that was like a get, running gag where they had like a trained college diver basically flunk out of the hole every time against like being judged by Greg Louganis and Sir and the mascot Sir Goff and one other celebrity. Oh, Steve Gutenberg was the other guy. So, can- yeah, uh,
0: John, Lovitz, right. He was in there for the pirate hole.
1: Yeah. Uh, Captain- uh John Lovitz. John
0: love Lovitz. Yeah. So- yeah.
1: Yeah. They can't do that now because of the, because of season three and four film during Co. is at the limit how he will have brought on the set. So I think that's also part of the Muppet angle too. Cause like now you don't, you can have the Muppets and have like guest stars without having, like, actual people be there who don't have to wear a mask.
0: Yeah, but what's nice, too, is that there's actual audience members now this season. I remember in season three, they had to, like, Limited. use snippets of audience members from last season to kind of, like, show there was people there, even though there wasn't. You were watching the whole, and there was, like, no one there except for the two people, which, again, COVID, totally understood. Uh, but it's nice to see there's actually people there cheering uh, cheering the the putters on and everything like that. Absolutely.
1: So let's talk about the main storyline of, of the actual season, which is like, again, totally not important to like the actual mini golf happening, but it's a fun little like through line they run through here. So basically season two was we're going to 18 holes. They only do 17 because they ran out of money. Season three was Steph Curry trying to take uh holy moly pro and make it an extreme sport. And now season four, Rob Riggle's worried they're going to get canceled. So he's recruited the Muppets to try and help him save the show. I thought the opening sketch was actually pretty funny where he's easy coming in and there's like, his parking spot is gone. Like the, there's no food at the, at, at the break table. Like, and he said, they're like, Oh my God, they get canceled. He goes to Kermit. He's like Kermit help me save the show.
0: Yeah. So I personally think that the angle they were trying to go for is that Rob's going to get fired. Yeah. And I think, takes as the show's gonna get canceled because travis kelsey's there with joe testator wearing the same gold jacket a yep. uh, broadcasting jacket um his his spot's gone one of the holes we'll talk about which one of the new holes like he's not a part of really until this this second episode um so i i i actually enjoy it i think rob pretty much being trashed on this show i mean this is, <laughs> this is like the season against rob right i mean and of course it's scripted and it's not like oh this is serious but I, I actually like that angle because Rob Riggle's the perfect person to get trashed on and like him like run with it. Yeah. So uh he's a great sport with it and it, it's working so far.
1: Yeah, and obviously one of the big things here is that we brought the Muppets in to help Rob Riggle here. And they're in, in the past you always had those like little interstitials where like either a hole's getting explained or last year was like a lot of Steph Curry explaining his ideas of how to make the sport extreme and take it mainstream. We had those press conferences like Draymond Green and three random teammates who like looked like he looked, looked down like he's looney Tunes and I think the Muppets here is fun I remember I was laughing at a couple of those I, was, I think the one where he's talking to uh I think animal the Swedish chef I forget who the third one was and he couldn't understand I think animal is going banana for his idea and the other two are just
0: talking in gibberish and he couldn't understand any of them yeah no that was that was a great skit and I and I think it it pays a lot of um credit to to the writers of this show they have to make a lot out of nothing right the yeah. show is about mini golf the show is about people getting pretty much wrecked on these courses because they can't do these obstacles. I mean, granted, there's a few people that'll get through it, but for the most part, most people don't get through the obstacles. And it's just funny, right? Because no one's getting really hurt. They're, you know, it's it's all, like I said, it's all foam pieces that are hitting you and stuff. So it's really not the end of the world if you get hit. You're getting wet. You're getting you're throwing the water in the mud. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get wet. It, it's it's just <laughs> the the fact that the writers have been able to elevate the show to have a storyline on top of it is is great and and the Muppets help but I think that skit is really good and I think having that extra piece to it is what's really going to be the success of the show right I think the first season was good because it was new the second season was like eh because they had a gag they didn't really have anyone in there Steph Curry was not around um Then you have season three. Then you have a lot of different things pulled in. Season four, we have a lot of different things pulled in. And I think that's going to be the success of the show if they keep getting celebrities or different things to reference off of to keep the storylines going.
1: Yeah, it's definitely the Steph Curry of it all is also fun, too, because season one, he's basically there for a hole. He's basically, like, hitting a shot for somebody. And then he, like, gives out the golden jack, like, like the uh, golden, whatever, the golden putter at the end of the episode. Season two, he's animated because they didn't have him for a lot of time. Last year, he has a whole big storyline. And this year, like, his whole storyline is basically he gets kidnapped by Prawn the Muppet and like Prawn's like holding him hostage to try and get AC to renew the show. And like Rob Riggle's trying to like talk the t- situation down. That's going to be funny to watch that play out.
0: Yeah, I mean, so far he's he's been a great sport about it. I mean, Steph Curry has been really good in the show to begin with these past three seasons, but this fourth season, he's they have him tied up to a chair. It looks like he has a black guy, like someone beat him up. And he's just like, I'm not saying this against my will. I want you to see this hole, you know, and he's <laughs> explaining the hole while he's tied up and the Muppets, like, watching over him, like, say it, say it. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and, and, again, you take it for what it's worth, right? Again, put, put, you know, a mini golf show with the Muppets, it's not a serious thing. You watch it to enjoy it. If, if, if I ever see a bad review on this show, right, where someone's like, this is the stupid, like, at that point, you're taking life too seriously. Like, this is not a show that's supposed to be serious. Yeah, this is not Breaking Bad. Yeah, no, this <laughs> is not something that's supposed to be winning, you know, I, I don't know. Is TV shows Emmys? Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah, they're not winning Emmys. Yeah, they're not winning Emmys. They're not winning anything crazy for this. And who knows? They might. Look, if Joe TestaTor and Rob Riggle can win an Emmy over this because they, they have some funny play-by-play and make the show interesting, more power to them. This is not, like you said, Breaking Bad. Yeah. This is not even like, let's say, a comedy show like The Office where you're supposed to be making a funny show. This is like, hey, we're going to watch people pretty much play mini golf. They're going to get wrecked by these obstacles, and we're going to make fun of them. Yeah, for
1: sure. I do think also it's it's fun that the show has done a good job with the story. I sort of tease these up. I remember the first episode when they have the winner go to meet, go get their golden putter, and she's like, "Where's Steph Curry?" And Court Joe's like, "Eh." And then season, then episode two, I think I don't think people talk about this enough. I think they brought his brother Seth Curry to hand out the.
0: Uh, well, that's his brother. Yeah,
1: that's his brother Seth. You can tell they have different facial structures. I looked at like, oh, that is Seth Curry
0: and, and rob's like look at that that's steph curry that is they're like really pressing that seven and yeah. the guy who won's just like look at him like i don't i don't think that's him so it's cool that they have the contestants involved as well in like the running gag and then the storyline um yeah that was that was pretty funny too i was laughing pretty hard yeah i was laughing pretty hard because steph curry could not like keep a straight
1: face in that scene either
0: <laughs> oh no like you can tell like this is the stupidest thing ever but it works and it's fantastic
1: it is fantastic, and I'm excited to see where they go with this storyline here. I also think it's fun that like they also find like the strangest friggin' people to be on this show. Like we episode two we just watched, there was a guy who basically decided his whole character is not gonna be Rob Riggle from season two of Holy Mole and he ends up winning the episode. That was great.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm convinced because he's wearing like literally the the entire getup that Rob Riggle did season two. I'm convinced the the writers of the show or the producers said you can have his wardrobe if it fits because you're so obsessed with rob wriggle yeah like i don't think he found pants and his shirt like look he he may well you know he definitely could have I'm not saying it's not impossible but i definitely think the producers are like oh you like rob wriggle that's that's gonna be your angle we're gonna give you what he wore we'll size it for you and everything like because it's it's so funny you know, if he loses, he loses, whatever. But if he won like he did, it's, again, like, oh, the Rob Briggle impersonator. So maybe he'll wear something from this year in the final or something like that.
1: Yeah, and if, you got, if you're if on this show, you're either, like, some sort of, like, semi-famous person, like you're a TikTok person, you're, like, a influencer, or you're, like, a complete Looney Tune with some some capacity of your life. Whether it's, like, there was a guy a couple of years ago who was, like, obsessed with applesauce he got on the show. I remember that. There was, like, like a grandma, like, all up to, just love to
0: bake cookies. Like, they, they do, like, like, weird things like that. I wonder if the producers make these characters right like i, I don't want to say like wwe but i wonder if like uh, they're like normal everyday people and they're like is there something you really like and they're like yeah like i i'm like a you know so like what do you eat all the time and they're like applesauce all right you're the applesauce guy you know like i, I feel like maybe they try to make it over the top for the show but it could very well be that these people are really are obsessed with applesauce or like i'm the baking mini golfer you know like all these different yeah. things i feel like maybe the producers kind of bring that that angle that character development out there uh excuse me, not character development character story out there just to make the show a little bit funnier
1: yeah that's why i'm convinced if anybody we know is to get on this show is john stanko because they would like just milk his movie love into like whatever for their show
0: john stanko hell i would do it i would i would love playing a little mini golf i i think it would be funny if we got our friend nick fryetta yeah only because i feel like nick would be way over competitive yeah because oh oh <laughs> yes like I could just, I could just see him being like, "I'm, I'm just the competitive mini golf. I just told to come here." Like he wouldn't have an ankle. He was like, "I'm just here to play golf. I don't know what's going on."
1: They probably just dress up in Jedi robes
0: because of because of the Star Wars thing. He had that, right? Didn't we have that in season three? I think there was the the Jedi of mini golf or something like that. Yeah, I feel like we did have that. How and he had like a lightsaber putter, which is great. But I think, I think you know, anyone on the podcast, we can we could throw out there and it would be funny.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else would be fun. I think like. Our friend Sandra it would also be fun. Just getting getting her on there is having because like I feel like she would have fun with this too.
0: That's what I'm saying. I feel like any look anyone that can decently putt right. You can't just throw some scrub out there who never played mini golf before and is just going to have like an eight stroke game. We haven't seen anyone that can't really do it play with some capacity, right? But like again, I feel like they just take like the producers take an angle. They say you're going to run with this, and you're just going to look the average person is going to wipe out on these obstacles. I, you know, unless you get lucky or you, you're determined, you know, to, to really like focus on training for obstacles. I don't even know how you do that for the show, yeah. but um, I, I, I don't know. I think anyone, it would just be comedic. It would be, it'd be entertaining. Absolutely. Let's talk about some of the new holes we got for
1: season four. So let's start out. We got three, in the premiere. We'll start with the trap teasy hole, which basically is like the obstacle in that hole Basically you have to try and catch do a trapeze act with a Rob Riggle dummy. That's another time where they started of burying Rob where he's the dummy that you have to cast the trapeze on. So what do you think of that whole design? You, 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 the obstacle's good.
0: I think the obstacle's good. I think it's hard enough where if someone actually does land it, it's going to be a miracle. And it's going to make the commentators go wild for it, and that's just going to make it funnier. But I like it a lot. I think it's a variation of Polcano. Um, and I think it... It's hard, like I said, it's hard enough where if someone does finally get it, it's just going to be such a huge advantage because I don't think many people are. Yeah,
1: no, because just like nobody in your normal life is actually like doing a trapeze of events. They're going to try and go and they're not going to know how to like angle their body to catch the uh, arms of the dummy.
0: I have to say, though, at least the course marshals try to tell them when to jump and go like time it because who the hell is going to know unless you've done that before how to time that kind of trapeze stunt?
1: Yeah, for sure. The next hole I want to talk about here is uh, Full Mooney, I think is the name of the hole, where basically you're putting... They've seen Verizon this before, you're basically putting up a backwards ramp, it flies over, and you land on the other side, then you have to go across the water doing a moonwalk on a giant floating ball that looks like the moon. I think that one is probably the one I want to play because it it's, looks very fun, but I think like if you have enough momentum
0: and know how to moonwalk properly, you could do it. I mean... I- <laughs> I never want to look at something on TV and say, yeah, I could do that because I know the moment I'm going to try it, I'm just going to fail miserably um, because I'm sure it's a lot harder than it looks. But it's probably one of the obstacles that I could say, all right, at least all it is is walking in balance. It's not like timing, walking, balance, jumping. Like there's a lot of other uh, holes that the obstacles are, are a lot more involved. So I agree with you on that front. I feel like that's the one if I had to pick one would be the one I would want the most. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a good hole. It's, it's simple, but complicated at the same time, right? It's, it's simple. You just have to hit over the ramp, try to get over the hazard and, you know, putt your way to the green. There's not like a ton of obstacles. There's not like a ton of different like barriers you have to putt around. It's just that moonwalk. That's the hardest part. Yeah, it absolutely is. The third one we got from the premiere was I I'm looking at here
1: is the, I think the Hollywood hole was just sort of redesigned from season three. I think holy matrimony where they had them walk down the aisle and lay on the cake Instead of what we do now, they add a different element. That they combine two holes where, like, you have to land on a star from someone on the show, and where that is is your ball position on the, on the second part of the hole. So I, so I think for I think it's fun, you have them all dressed up like they're going down the red carpet, and you have either I think the Sir Golf gets a hole as, as the farthest away, then I think Silent Board, Jeannie May, uh, Joe Tessator and Steph Curry, and Rob Riggle's the drop zone. Like that, I think that's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I, you know, the first episode they showed it, Rob was complaining that he wanted to star and they didn't show that drop zone. And the second episode, they had the Riggle drop zone. Yeah, it was. Like, hey, you wanted something. Here it is. But it's literally the worst position ever. Yeah. <laughs> Try to play it off as like, yeah, that's the premier club. You want to be at the Riggle zone, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's good. I, I like it a lot more than Holy Matrimony because I just felt like Holy Matrimony was damn near impossible. And I think they saw that so that's why they just made it like jump off this conveyor belt and just land on one of the the floating kind of pucks yeah. that are there um it's good uh, just a repurposed hole that they just took away the main hard element to um and they don't have I think with holy matrimony you had to put down a ramp first right yes you had to put first now you just like you're, you're just running down the ramp for your ball position. Exactly. So it's very simplified, but it's still enjoyable to watch. It's still funny. It's still a good hole. Um, They added some kind of like humps in the in the green as well to make it a little harder. So it's not just a straight shot. Um, So I think they did well by it. I I don't think they they ruined it too much.
1: I think they actually made it better. I feel like now there's more like of a chance here for people to actually do well. Like you know when somebody's gonna get like either the test or the Steph Curry like like uh, landing pass be amazing.
0: Yeah, I think. I personally would have loved to see the ramp stay and then if you fell in the water it would be a stroke penalty um you know or maybe do something with it I would have loved to see that first putt at least stay there but but it's still a fine hole I still like it um I think it's definitely better than holy matrimony
1: Yeah absolutely and the last new hole I'm sure I think there's going to be more we'll get to that in May but we saw an episode 2 here the Bigfoot hole and I figured here's the one you're complaining about. it's sort of a duplicate cuz this basically looks like the pecker hole from that they used last season where you're just riding you you jump on Bigfoot's foot after you do your first putt. You have to try and land on top of a golf ball. If you can't stay on top, you destroy a stroke penalty.
0: Yeah, pretty much it's just the reverse of of Pecker. I mean, that's that's what it is. And I and the reason why I have a gripe bow is because I think that hole still exists. I don't think they it, it, it t- does exist. I don't think they took it out for this hole. So it's like, all right, now we're getting back to the whole hot dog and log roll debacle, right? Like it's the same exact hole just in reverse. One, you have to jump on the moving platform and grab a feather the other you have to jump off the moving platform and stay on a golf ball right it same kind of like thing for me in my opinion but it's not to say it's not a bad hole but it's the same kind of concept you hit it down a ramp you try to get a hole one there's something that's blocking the hole in one so it's hard to do you get on the the big foot see if you can stay on the golf ball if you don't stroke penalty and then you go on from there
1: yeah, I mean that one I was not, of the four holes I just used this is my least favorite of the four so far. I feel
0: like they're gonna use it a lot. Yeah, I, again it's just it's I think I don't know, it looks like it's in the same position when you just look at where the course is. It looks like it's in the same position as where that that um donut one is, but the donut one still exists. So I don't know where it is, but it almost looks like it's the same spot.
1: Yeah, I was like I always like looking at the background too, because I like when they do those wide shots of Joe and Rob where they you try and see what holes are available and like, I saw the arcade one in the background. I was I'm happy that one's coming back. I think that was great. I also, I know your favorite hole came back. Is like the fishing hole.
2: Huh.
0: <laughs> that hole is, I hope, because they did it last year a little bit. I hope it's not every other episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, take me fishing.org, pay for it. I get it. You pay for it. You pay for that space. You 100% have to use it. I just really hope that like if we get to season seven or eight, there's not like four paid holes and they have to use them the majority of the time and then there's only like, two or three holes they can sprinkle in, you know? Yeah. So careful, in my opinion. They have to be careful for variety's sake. But one hole that's sponsored, I'm okay with it. Yeah. And I remember
1: last year, they also come when they did their final like hole there, they combined three holes into par fitch dust. And that was one of the three that was made the cut for like I think the, I think it was like that one, the arcade and the, uh, double, like double Dutch courage in Fuego. Of course it did.
0: Yeah. I mean, look again, if you're, if you're paying the money, you should absolutely be there. You paid for that space. You paid for that exposure. It should be there. I hope this season they go back to the model of season two for the finale. Um, i'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit but i really hope that they don't do what they did last year i didn't really like that finale that much i liked it but it wasn't like oh man this is great it's like okay we've seen these already they're just doing an extended episode yeah they combine three holes into one basically oh so that's it that's all i'm I'm just hoping for that that uh that originality from at least season two yeah where season two we had like a couple of brand new holes debut in the finale to challenge people that and also the last hole was it, as much as they made fun of, of it being so lackluster, which it kind of was, at least it was something. It was like, you have to get a whole one in this. Yeah. It's not going to be easy.
1: Yeah.
0: That's what a finale should be. Not like we're going to combine all the holes you've probably played already. Yeah. It was, man. it was COVID. So they probably were getting budget wise, a little tight and everything. So I get it. I get it. Yet yeah. not lazy and say, okay, we need to put holes together again, just premiere a new hole.
1: Yeah. I think as well as also where it was budget, they filmed three and four back to back last year. So they can only do so much in some of the turnarounds and hopefully they I'm for my thing I'm worried about here is I, I'm worried they cut the, my favorite hole from last year was the King Parther's choir. I, I'm worried they cut that. I haven't seen it anywhere on the course
0: thus far. I haven't seen it. I feel like I've seen Sir Goff in the outfit though. Yeah. You know I'm saying like there's yeah. a specific outfit that they have, but it, I, I could be wrong. Uh, time will tell obviously. Um, they're kind of hinting that they're going to have a big finale because that's like the big, uh, what's it called? The Muppet that's theme that. plot. Yeah. So maybe there'll be a Muppet theme toll or something like that, or, or it'll be a Muppets finale, which I'm fine with. Again, it's just, this is not a serious show. Um, yeah. We'll see.
1: Yeah. I also noticed there is at least one more hole that we haven't seen yet because in one of the wide shots, I think when they're, I don't know where they are on the course, There's a, there's a sign for a hole called the whole truth or something like that, or the whole tooth. I couldn't tell. I can't tell if it was tooth or truth, but there's like, Another hole we haven't seen yet.
0: Wasn't there a hole called The Whole Truth or something like that at some point
1: in the seasons? I don't remember, but like I saw the sign. We haven't seen it yet. So it's something we at
0: least haven't seen this season. Right. Right. And don't forget, Polcano's back. I yeah. don't know if that's something you were going to to, to leave for the end, but Polcano is back. They've rebranded it back to what it was, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, you weren't a fan when they did the Christmas theme on it? I wasn't. It was no. <laughs> I mean, you switch it up, I get it. But Polcano was like the the original finale yeah. for all of the season one. Um, they've rebranded it and repurposed it so that so so the original Volcano the the green was like to the right of it. Now yeah. it's like more toward like in front to the left of it and more toward the pole that you have to like hold on to. And they did that for the Christmas theme and they kept it for the for the Volcano and they made it like tiki themed and everything. I like it a lot better.
1: Yeah, so that's that's going on with Holy Moly. And P, before I let you go here, just let everybody know you you're going to be on our you're one of our Sky Guys here on the Sky Guys podcast. we are dropping our Obi Wan Kenobi preview later this week. It's be exciting.
0: Yep, the preview's coming out later this week, and then don't forget that Obi Wan Kenobi is dropping two episodes on the twenty seventh. That's a Friday. It was pushed from the twenty fifth, a Wednesday. Um, so make sure that you catch both of those episodes when they come out. We'll talk about the show extensively on the preview coming out here shortly. Um, and also just as like a, as a random show, if you want to watch on the 27th on Hulu, a show named Shorzy coming out for any hockey fans out there that likes a nice comedy. Um, it's from the makers of Letterkenny. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Larry Kenny, but Shorzy will be coming out the same exact day as Obi-Wan, except Shorzy, I believe, will be coming out with its full season of six episodes and I think at about a half an hour apiece. Um, so, yeah, definitely check that out if you're looking for some uh, shows that we haven't sp- spoken about here on Just End the Suffering or the Sky Guys.
1: Yeah, I thought – yeah, I was going to say, like, also, I mentioned, before we uh, go on to, like, mention where I can get the Sky Guys stuff here, I was going to mention Stranger Things. That's also coming up at 27th, so, I mean, that's a loaded Friday for Memorial Day.
0: Funny, I, I keep forgetting about Stranger Things because it's been so long. Like, it, it's been terribly long for Stranger Things, and I get with COVID and everything. And also, I canceled my Netflix subscription. <laughs> I, I wasn't watching anything on it. I wasn't watching a thing. The only thing I was watching was Stranger Things, so I, I haven't really been seeing any – except for maybe Instagram, like the reminders of like, hey, Stranger Things, coming out, 27. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm also also very curious, and we've spoken about this ad nauseum on the Sky Guys podcast. I'm curious what's happening on the 25th. Yeah. Because something. Yeah.
1: Something is up with a reason. I think I, I still, my theory still stands that it's tied to Star Wars Celebration, why they pushed it back. They had something, they're announcing something that's related to Obi-Wan. They didn't want to spoil. at the first episodes ruined that. Possibly. It's definitely a possibility. Yeah, we'll keep keep you up on on that stuff. The Sky Guys podcast feed is going to have the episodes for the preview and the premiere. You will get it day and date, same day here on the Just on the Suffering podcast. So you'll get them there. But after that, we're going to do our practice here. We did it through the Book of Boa Fett, where if you want it on the Sky Guys feed, you get it day after you record. Otherwise, you are going to have to wait a couple of days to get in the Just
0: on the Suffering feed. You'll get it, but it's not going to be that exclusive early access. I mean, you, if you want that exclusivity, you got to you got to sign up for that Sky Guys podcast. You got to subscribe to that feed. You got to make sure you're checking it. You will get the podcast uh, right after the two episodes. I uh, mean, not, not right after that same day. Um, we're going to be watching it as they come out. And then later that day, we're going to be dropping a podcast on the first two episodes, getting our thoughts. So definitely make sure you watch it so there's no spoilers for you. Um, but you have to subscribe to get that that exclusive access.
1: Yeah, and for to show you how dedicated I am, I mean, I had like, my tickets for my Mets season ticket play that day. My friend who with to, I gave him both tickets that day, so I'm going to be here
0: to record those episodes. Look at that. That's dedication. Yeah. I'm telling you one thing, though. Uh, game seven of the Stanley Cup playoffs for Rangers-Penguins, uh, that's going to be tomorrow, so we're recording on a Saturday here. That's going to be tomorrow, and I have a hockey game at night, and I am very, very, very torn if I want to skip my two hockey games that night, actually. Or watch the Rangers in game seven. So I'm tough I'm season. Gonna, yeah, I'm a bit Because I paid for these games already. It's 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 just like you with the season tickets. Uh it's uh it's hard. It's a hard one.
1: Yeah. And as far as the Stranger Things coverage goes here, I see the background. You have the Christmas lights up here and as an honest things season one. They have I just put the lights on. Sandro's responded to the call. We are planning to do some Stranger Things coverage on the main podcast as well. So that's coming later this month as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's going to be great. Sam DeRosa is always a great guest. Uh, she's very knowledgeable with pretty much everything you're talking to her about. So I'm sure she's going to have some strong and very accurate opinions about Stranger Things. And um, I can't wait to see what you guys say and also what the season looks like.
1: Yeah, I remember it's weird because they had that split because you're getting five episodes now and then four in July.
0: I hate that That's just so, I don't want to say it's dumb, but just you have the episodes recorded already. I'm sure they're edited already. Like just throw the whole season out there. Why are you making people wait a month for four episodes? Because they're losing subscribers. They want people to come back. Like, great. And then after the month of July, they're going to lose subscribers. It's not, it's not going to change anything.
1: No, I think what we're seeing here with them is that they're sort of realizing that they're going to have to change their model. there because the binge only works so long. You don't have enough content sustain it. People just got to watch what they want and leave.
0: Really don't have enough content. That's that to me keeps me there. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that love Netflix content. Um, for me, I I can't justify paying because they they increase it every six months or whatever it is. It was I was at like fifteen dollars for a single plan at one point. I was just like I can't do it. I'm done. I'm not watching anything, so I canceled it.
1: Yeah, I mean I get it because it's That's not all. it's nothing there for you. Like why are you paying the service? It's Like you're you're there for the original
0: con. They're not giving you much. Correct. And and, and Stranger Things was. look it was stranger things in the office they took the office off a a, a while ago i was able to get the office on blu-ray and it's also streaming on peacock so it's like okay i don't that's done then stranger things and i was like the only other show i was maybe watching was that 70 show and i and it was just like at that point like i'm paying 15 dollars a month for two shows one of which i'm probably gonna finish in like two months if i keep watching it and the other one i gotta wait seven years to get the next season so it's like what what am i doing
1: yeah, I mean, we do it at the end of the year. We always do the pop culture party with a big loser of the year. I feel like Netflix is in the running early on to be the loser of the year.
0: Yeah, I, I at this point, I don't know if Netflix is going to be able to recover. I'm not going to say they're going to go under, but I don't think they're going to be able to get back to where they once were. I think there's a lot of streaming services out there now. That's competition, like a lot more competition than what was first there. Netflix was like the OG. Hulu was there, but Hulu was not really being looked at as a, as a competitor. They Netflix doesn't have the same thing like Hulu does where live TV shows are coming on to Hulu right after they air. So if people that miss it can watch it. And and I think Hulu actually has become the front runner in streaming because of that. I, I think the ability to watch TV the next day because you missed it or whatever is better than what waiting a year and a half to get another season of something. You're going to watch it within, Sometimes if you're a hardcore Netflix watcher a week. Yeah, or less. Yeah, so it, I don't know if changing the model is going to save them now, but maybe it'll help a little bit. I just, I don't think they're the streaming giant that they used to be. Yeah, also Disney Plus is making up a ton of ground then too, because you have all the Marvel and Star Wars content, kind of, which brings in a lot of people. That was also a big hit to Netflix. because I think Netflix had a lot of the Marvel stuff, maybe not all of it, but they had good, you know, a good selection of it. And then when Disney came out, they're like, "Nope, taking that back." Boom, got it back. And then they lost a lot of content there. Um, so we'll see with Netflix again. I don't think they're going under, but I don't think they're going to be a the biggest streaming company. You know, they probably aren't right now. I don't, I don't know the numbers, um, but I think they're going to they're going to slowly decline to to possibly their demise at some point in the future. Absolutely, and PP105 on social media, can they do that? DJ Considori29, that's C-O-N-S-A-D-O-R-I. Uh, that's on Twitter. You can follow me retweeting a bunch of uh, this stuff here from the podcast. Even the podcast that I'm not on, I'm always retweeting, so you can see the feed there. But also a little bit of Rangers here. Again, Game 7 coming up tomorrow, tomorrow from the date we're recording. We're recording here on Saturday the 14th. Um, so yeah, definitely give me a, give me a look there. Absolutely. And if they do make it to the conference finals,
1: we got to have a chat about that.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm hoping. See, see, I'm uh, just a little tease here. I didn't expect the Rangers to win the cup this year if we got into the to the playoffs, just because of the pure talent that's out there. However, things have happened, so I'm not going to count them out until they're actually out. All right, Pete. Thanks for all the time. Really appreciate it.
1: All right, and that will do it for this week's show. I want to thank my guest Nick Freya for hopping on to talk all about the uh NFL schedule release, had a great conversation there. I want to thank Dan Martin for taking the time to help me preview this week's PGA Championship. Also, Pete Considori for hopping I just heard, talk about Holy Moly Season 4, plus a little bit of the Netflix situation, a lot of fun as you get into that. More good stuff like this podcast, including my schedule predictions for the Jets and the Giants. I talked a little bit about that at the top of the show, but if you want to check that out in its entirety, check out the blog over at justinthesuffering.wordpress.com. As you talk about on the podcast also, the Sky Guys the Obi-Wan Kenobi preview show coming out this week. Subscribe there. Just search for the Sky Guys all your favorite podcast platform and follow episodes there. You can also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's mphilips 3 3 And that's going to do it for this week's show. Coming up next week on the podcast, we are going to dive into the NBA playoffs because we're going to talk about the NBA in a minute. We're getting closer to the NBA finals. So catch up what's going on there and more. Until then, have a good week, everybody.